Okay, hello and welcome to the Prawncast. I hope you're well and thanks as always for your support and for listening. As always, we start with some of your feedback from the last episode and to Louise first of all. You ever thought of becoming a poly, Marcus? You would bring truth and common sense to a government that has none. Uh, Louise, no thank you. Although the financial security on offer, if you are a successful poly, is pretty good, I guess, but it's not a job I'd like, being scrutinised every day over everything, and that's rightly so, but you need an extremely thick skin and a good backup plan, as it's certainly not a guarantee you'll There's no guarantee you'll be elected indefinitely. Anyway, Peter Taylor writes, no way he does a better job calling out the corruption of governments. He's on the people's side. Well, thank you, Peter. I guess that's what uh, good journalists should do. Raisin writes, thanks, Marcus, for the podcasts. I was disappointed with the Media Watch coverage and recommended Paul Barry make contact to get the truth. Anyway, it's wonderful to hear your work without the constant intrusion from others. Well done. Well, amen to that, Raisin. And to be honest, I'm really not that concerned over the Media Watch piece. They, they've got a job to do. And up until last week, I'll be honest, they've always been pretty good to me. It was a stuff up. And well, I am. Well, I certainly was in the media. So good on them. One thing I will say, though, is that part of their report regarding the non-use of the word vaccine by newsreaders at my old network, I'd also heard of that being the case. I was certainly never told not to use that word. However, I was often criticised by management for, quote, being too left. As for the journos in the newsroom, well, I think Media Watch proved beyond a doubt there is truth there to interference. And that's what happens when you have an owner who likes things his way and doesn't employ experienced program management people, both in newsrooms and in regular programming. Anyway, it's not my problem anymore. Liam. G'day, Liam. Thanks for your feedback. Two good episodes so far, Marcus, on Peter Dutton. I hope the good people of Dixon get rid of him. We Kiwis will be celebrating in the streets if the spud is sacked. Sean says, I'll share on Facebook, Marcus, most people aren't politically engaged, but hopefully it'll help out a little bit. Dale writes, what happened with the sound quality between episodes? Uh, The last one you did was a little more tinny. Well, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that this one will be a little better. Dale, I've, I've changed rooms. Hopefully it's not quite as tinny and I've changed a little the way the microphone works. By the way, Dale writes, the United Australia Party are a party to siphon votes away from Labor, and Clive Palmer has admitted that. Robbie writes, G'day, Prawny, just a question. What podcast platform do you get paid the most from? (laughs) None. I've only just started, mate. He says, I notice you're on Spotify now, but uh, however, would prefer to use the platform that compensates you the best. Well, we'll see how all these go, hey? And then we'll work out what's the best. And I believe it's also up on Apple, um, Apple iTunes podcasts as well. Uh, Peter, g'day, Marcus. Have just set up an ongoing fortnightly payment of 20 bucks out of my pension. Peter, you don't have to do that. Please don't do that. Uh, You keep your pension, mate. You need every dollar uh, that you get from the government. It's very nice of you to to make that offer, but Pete, please, you keep your money, mate. We'll be fine. Wayne writes, are you going to get the politicians back to chat once it's all running smoothly? Well, that's the plan eventually. Malcolm, g'day, Marcus, love the work. And Tom says, these pods have been more my style. 
I'm a talkback radio person who doesn't want to listen to the radio. <laughs> this is much better, and Spotify is more accessible than RSS. Look, RSS is the platform that I just downloaded on, and it, I think it automatically uploads there to Spotify and uh, all the rest of it, So, and, and, and all the other uh, podcasting platforms. He goes on to say it's nice not to listen to some 20-something influencer giving their two cents. It's good to have some someone of your vintage giving a piece. My vintage? I'm not that old, am I? Anyway, I'm probably maybe a little bit more experienced. Kevin Hickey writes, without going to a lot of expense or time, a few blankets or curtains hanging on your walls from where your mic is will help deaden the room from its liveness. Some prawny beach towels or wool rugs would look nice. <laughs> he goes on to say, maybe some soft furnishings. Uh, we'll see how we go. Anyway, thank you, Kevin. He also uh, says, good to hear you revving up all the best. Paul Dalton says, good listening. And Warren, top site, Marcus. All right, well, thank you for that feedback. And uh, as I say, we start every podcast with just a couple of uh, your nice messages and, and some of the comments you've made on the Prawncast Facebook page. All right, let's get on with it. No surprises here. A clip of Prime Minister Scott Morrison, quote, on the tools again. Well, it's embarrassed not only, I think, the Prime Minister, but tradesmen across Australia. Tradies, sorry, ladies, tradies, not tradesmen. Uh, Mr Morrison was at a place called Swell, which is a specialised welding and engineering uh, joint on Friday, where he announced a $21.9 million Indigenous leadership and governance package. It was all part of his trip to the Northern Territory. Now, I'm, I'm certainly not criticising uh, this package, and I hope that it goes to where it's needed most. But it was during this, he was captured by Channel 7 News having a crack at welding. <laughs> but instead of keeping his protective helmet over his face while undertaking what is known to be quite a dangerous activity, he pulled his mask up at the worst possible moment. Now, anybody listening to me that's ever welded will know you absolutely 100% do not look at what you're welding at without protective masks and uh, uh, particularly a covering of your eyes. The PM said he was on the tools again as he grabbed the welder and approached the piece of steel. He took the welding mask off, though, at the wrong moment. And after peering out from under his helmet to get a better look, he was forced to quickly retreat as sparks flew. Not only could he have perhaps blinded himself, but he also could have, well, I guess if the sparks flew into his eyes, he could have blinded himself. But even if there were no sparks, just from that bright light. Uh, Sally McManus, the secretary of the Australian Council of Trade Unions, she shared the clip on Twitter. And as you would expect, ScoMo was rightly roasted. Some even compared him to former United States President Donald Trump, who was captured staring at an eclipse, remember that, without protective eyewear, while standing on a White House balcony back in 2017. One Twitter user commented, every TAFE welding course and health insurance company should show that clip as a warning on how you get permanent eye damage if you try to weld without proper training. Another described the whole episode as, quote, embarrassing and inappropriate, unquote. I like this one as well from H.G. Nelson. He wrote, PR campaign is shaping up nicely. 
It was a masterstroke having the number one swerve around big issues by demonstrating his wild hats off welding technique. <laughs> Very good. Oh dear, oh dear. See, this is what happens, folks, when you try and be one of the boys. When you don't actually fully understand what it is, the boys actually do. As I say, he's lucky he didn't blind himself. Meanwhile, in uh, another uh, setback, perhaps, for the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, respected journalist Ray Martin has made news for a comment published in the newspapers over the weekend. Ray Martin, who I admire, was quoted as saying, I've interviewed every Prime Minister since Bob Menzies, and I think this is the most incompetent government we've had. That was Ray Martin in the Sun-Herald. He did an interview with the pirate Peter Fitzsimmons, or Fitzsimons, who's not my favourite bloke, but anyway, uh, Ray, during this printed interview, was asked about his views on current Australian politics. He said that he'd loved interviewing John Howard, Bob Hawke, and even Paul Keating, and then having 50% of uh, people seeing the interview saying, it's clear from that interview you're a card-carrying commie, while the other half say you're a blue-ribbon liberal. Uh, but I do have strong political views, he went on to tell Peter Fitzsimons. Goff's It's Time campaign was 50 years ago to the year. I think it's time again. And then, it, then this quote, I've interviewed every Prime Minister since Bob Menzies, and I think this is the most incompetent government we've had. It's time. Well, as expected, the memes have started, and there's a push to have Ray's view seen by as many baby boomers as possible. See, I knew there was a reason I always liked Ray Martin. I've chatted to him, and I've chatted to him on radio a number of times, and I've also got copies of his books, many of which featured, by the way, his own photographs. He was not only a keen photographer, but a bloody good one too. And on his many reporting trips around the world, he always had his camera by his side. If you get the chance, grab one of Ray Martin's photography books. They are amazing. Meantime, wannabe PM, or most likely Australia's next opposition leader, Peter Dutton, has had another chance to beat the drums of war again over the weekend, appearing on Sky, calling out, you guessed it, China yet again. It was all over China's, quote, very aggressive acts that needs to be explained after one of its warships sailing within Australia's exclusive economic zone shot a military-grade laser at an RAAF aircraft, according to Defence Minister Peter Dutton. The Australian Defence Force accused a Chinese warship of sailing in northern waters and firing a military-grade laser at an RAAF P-8 Poseidon aircraft, which had been monitoring it from above. Now, the incident reportedly happened on Thursday morning as the Chinese destroyer was sailing through the Arafura Sea, which is within the international waters but inside Australia's exclusive economic zone. Now, Mr Dutton said over the weekend it was a very aggressive act, and that's why it's right that we call it out. I just wonder, though, if we didn't have an election just merely weeks away, whether this would have remained, you know, top secret. Probably would have. Meanwhile, hopefully you can hear this. So I'm going to play some audio from Nikki Sava, the journalist, who says that, look, it's not just Peter Dutton 
beating the drums of war, but we have a prime minister desperately trying to tarnish the reputation of Labor leader Anthony Albanese at the cost of our national interest. Totally ignoring, I must say, too, our intelligence community. Here's a little of what Nikki had to say. What the prime minister did uh, this week was take the weaponisation of national security to a whole new level. He's taken it into quite dangerous and um, really potentially uh, damaging uncharted territory. And I think if you have the intelligence community coming out publicly and saying, cut it out, you really should cut it out. Now, instead, the Prime Minister doubled down and, in fact, uh, government MPs came out and told the spooks to butt out. Now, this is unprecedented. And what we're seeing is a prime minister desperately trying to tarnish the reputation of the opposition leader at the cost of our national interest. And I think to uh, ignore those warnings that have been given to him, uh, put him in a very risky position both in terms of uh, looking as if he's sacrificing the national interest for political gain and also put him in a dangerous uh, position electorally. Yes, he's got the issue up. There's no doubt about yep. that. Yep. But how will it play for him? All right, there she is, Nikki Saba. What do you make of those comments? Make sure you let me know in the comments below. Finally... A few words on former Australian of the Year, Grace Tame, after an Australian tabloid published that image of her when she was 19 years of age with a bong in hand. She says it was unearthed by her critics amid Prime Minister Scott Morrison's 60 Minutes interview where his wife, Jenny, and we talked about this in the last podcast, a prawncast, where Jenny criticised Tame's suggested lack of manners. Now, the tabloid's decision to publish the image was met with some backlash, most of it, uh, I think, pretty uh, in her favour, if you like, and, uh, you know, having a crack at uh, perhaps the agenda of those digging through old photographs. Now, in response to the old photo being circulated, Tame took to Twitter on February the 15th to poke fun at Scott Morrison, saying, all right, I confess, we were doing a cover of April Sun in Cuba on the oboe. <laughs> But amid the humorous and self-deprecating response, the impact of that old image being published on multiple news sites was still incredibly challenging for Grace Tame. There's no doubt about that. Over the weekend, she addressed the situation in full, saying her open letter was in response to, quote, every media outlet who sought to discredit me by publishing that photo. She wrote, although my humour and strength remain intact, I'd be lying if I said it didn't let me down, not just as an individual, but more so as an advocate of the survivor community, unquote. Now, since being appointed as Australian of the Year in uh, 2021, Grace has been thrust, as we know, into the spotlight, consistently rehashing and reflecting on her experience of being sexually abused as a teenager. And she's spoken out in a podcast, a Mamma Mia podcast called No Filter where she doesn't want to seem ungrateful or a complainer, but she would be lying if she said the experience wasn't incredibly difficult for her. She says there is a trauma associated with reliving my past almost every day, 
It doesn't just go away. Even if there is a day I don't do an interview and I don't answer a question, there's still a lag. It doesn't dissipate immediately. Now, in her open letter, uh, she reiterated that she had been consistently and completely transparent about all the demons that she battled in the aftermath of child sexual abuse, drug addiction, self-harm, anorexia, and post-traumatic stress disorder, amongst others. You just clearly haven't been listening. Now, for sexual abuse survivors, the trauma can show itself, as we know, in many ways. And just like prior drug taking, for Tame, it was also her tattoos that represent the things she did to herself in those throes of emotional distress. And look, I would argue the public, uh, the publishing of that uh, photograph to shame her was an extremely bad taste. Anyway, that's my thoughts on it. What do you think? I mean, publicly shaming survivors for their past is is pretty low. Probably, as Grace even said, probably as low as you can go. And she says her fear is now that instances like this could further discourage other survivors from feeling safe to share their story, terrified of being blamed for what has happened to them, chastised for their coping strategies instead of being offered support. Uh, what do you think happens when they see the mainstream media deliberately brutalise survivor advocates like me for actions I took when I was 19 and still trying to process something I didn't understand? I'll tell you, the fear is magnified. Yeah, she's absolutely right. Essentially, by mocking Grace Tame, what they did was punish the product of the evil rather than the evil itself. Tame also went on to say that survivors fear authorities will zero in on substance use and abuse instead of the wider complexities of psychological manipulation, which are much harder to prove and explain. Yeah, if you get the chance, have a listen to it. Listen to No Filter. It's a complicated uh, podcast, but uh, Grace Tame outlines her experience as Australian of the Year, um, and she's done it for Mamma Mia. It's pretty good. All right, well, that's it. Uh, there are a few of my thoughts over this weekend uh, on some of the news. I'd love to hear yours, though. All you have to do is leave your comments on the Prawncast Facebook page. Please, if you're able to, kick in a few dollars donation for us. The link is up there to the account. And like we say, we're not aiming to make money out of this, just to cover the expenses. All right, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for being a part of it. This is the Prawncast with Marcus Paul.